On Your Neighbor Is, we aim to bring you the stories of everyday people and their creative pursuits and passions. We pass by so many people in our daily cycles and don't always get to know the ones who are around us. So on our podcast, we want to highlight some of these people. People that could even live on your same block as we push our slogan, get to know your neighbors. Welcome to our podcast. This is Your Neighbor Is. My name is Brian. My name is Gabe. And we are your hosts. How are you doing today, Gabe? Can't complain, man. You know, just another day out here in Teaneck, working, trying to avoid the heat. What else? Oh, low-key, you know, trying to plan this move to L.A., which I don't think we've really announced on here before. Uh-oh, like... uh-oh. Live <laughs> episode coming soon. Exactly. Joe, could... Joe, could you hit the air horns, please? <laughs> Thank you. Thank Shout you. out my guy, Joe. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's a fitting uh, fitting episode to drop that news, and we can't wait to have you out here. Because we've got another... Another L.A. guest on here, that's right. Exactly, yeah. we got another L.A. rapper here. we got Atsiri Pena from Adelitas Apparel today. Uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited to hear the news now. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's kind of crazy, but it should be cool. I know, yeah. You know, we've been we've been discussing it, you know, having summits about it for the past couple of months. But I guess the cat's out of the bag now. And now uh, now you're officially on the clock there, Gabe. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But enough anyway, about me, though. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, though, yeah, we got dope guests. We got designer and artist, somebody who's collaborated with one of our favorite rappers here on the pod, Goods, uh, Goods Perdido. Hopefully we can get him on an episode in the future. One day. Uh, one, day. one day, yeah, uh, if we're lucky enough. But yeah, Edziri, thank you for coming on the pod. Really great to have you. And yeah, I mean, I guess the way we usually start out here on Y&I is kind of just passing the mic and kind of letting you talk about, you know, your quote-unquote neighborhood, your community, wherever you grew up, kind of your influences from a young age, and what kind of set you on the path to becoming, you know, a designer, an artist, somebody who makes apparel, and somebody who does a lot of cool stuff. So I think one of the first things that we always, I always get asked is why I started doing apparel and how I even thought about doing the business itself and I think mostly it's that most of our community especially the undocumented community is always taught that one of the ways that we could succeed is starting a business especially when we don't have social security well some of us don't have social security numbers we are told that we have to start our businesses and become independent contractors and when I was young I used to sell candy so my yeah, from Mexico would send me chocolate lollipops and I was selling them at school from when I was in elementary. And after that, I ended up selling band shirts. So <laughs> I would sell Slipknot shirts, Nirvana shirts for like 15 bucks on Instagram. And Classic. 
<laughs> yeah, and they would sell super quick because you would go to the swap meet and they would sell them for $25, whereas you would get mine for $10 plus $5 shipping. Mm. And yeah, it was it was super cool. But, you know, something about selling stuff like that is that it's not your own. Right. So you see all these things or all these people wearing those shirts that they bought from you, but you don't really feel the satisfaction. And my sister at the time used to sell vintage clothes. And it's, it was the same dilemma. Like, it's cool to see all these people who would get your shirts. Because at some time, at some point, we were selling to other people who were famous or were married to somebody famous. Especially because we are in L.A. So our stuff would get promoted to them. And we were one day just thinking about it. And we were like, oh, we should just do something together and do something that we could actually use to help the community. And Adelitas was born. And after that, we, we've been doing a lot of other things. Like, we started doing our DACA fund. And the good thing about that is that it's all community-led. So it's not just the work that we do, but the work that the community comes together to do. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I know that, like, a lot of your apparel and, like, the stickers you make and all that stuff is, like, related to the community and to DACA and to, like, undocumented people. and just like spreading like awareness about it and like you know social justice issues and all those things was that like kind of a core thing that you wanted when you first thought about like making this brand yeah so i graduated with a political science major and a philosophy major too and it's just something that's super involved in my life you know you live in a political identity that you can't take away so even if it wasn't something that we started with in our mind, it just became it because that's who we are as people. But from the beginning, we wanted to do something that helped us give back. And mm -hmm. it only started with the fact that, you know, we started college and we were first generation college students. And not only that, but when you get to college, you start realizing exactly how much of your identity actually affects you because you go to schools around your community and you don't get that impact of, oh, I'm actually different. Because I used to go to school and we were all Hispanic. And right. it was fine. But then you go to college and you have all these other exposures to other cultures. Mm. And that's one of the things you start realizing, like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can't afford all these things that other people can. Because you have friends that are spending, like, $200 on, on just shoes when you could barely afford to buy, like, $25 shoes at the swap meet. Right. And that's how we started it, because we wanted to at least help ourselves and then help the community through that. So even like, yeah, like you're saying, aside from like, you know, making it about the community and like having those like messages and stuff and the awareness, it's also like making it affordable for like people like you or, you know, people in your community. Yes. Like our prices, we always try to really think about how much we sell things for because you see all these brands sell like $50 shirts and right. $70 hoodies and we really want to because what we're selling is for the community so why are you gonna sell things that are going to be at a price that your own community can't even afford mm -hmm. but that's that's something that's super great about is that we really do think about that and even with our face masks we don't sell our face masks thinking that we're going to profit off of these but just to uplift, uplift other people that need that money you don't see that 
in other stores because most stores are run for profit. Right. And of course, we make some profit out of other items, but just like the DACA fund, we have these items in full purpose for the DACA fund instead of us saying, oh, we're going to take 5% of the profits from this item. Yeah, that's a really good point, I think, because I feel like a lot of these brands, like you said, you know, you hear something about, okay, 5% of proceeds, 10% of proceeds, you know, and obviously it's something, you know, so that's good. But at the same time, a lot of times it feels like just kind of checking a box, you know, like they're like, oh, we've got, we've got our charitable thing going and we're going to just lean on that heavily, you know, right. whereas you're doing like full items contributing to that fund, which I think is awesome. And I think, like you mentioned with the face masks, it's super cool because it's something now that over the last year and a half has become necessary in our life, especially us here in LA. You know, it seems like we're kind of destined for another sort of lockdown. So I think it definitely makes sense to sort of position that item as a charitable one. Yes. And it's, it's important to also show that just because you are part of the community doesn't mean you can't exploit your own community, which is something that a lot of people don't talk about specifically business-wise, because we always say, oh, support Latinx business, support business," And as much as that does matter, we don't talk about how even if you are a small business, you still can exploit your own workers. And our business model is to try to combat that, to show that Yes, if you want your business to support these communities, there's a way to do it without you having to exploit that community or take advantage of other people for you to still persevere. Totally. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. And I think even regardless of the charitable contributions, which is super awesome, I think just the awareness raised by you and the brand kind of continuing to push that message and put it at the forefront of sort of your brand identity. You know what I mean? A lot of other brands, you know, I feel like over the past year, over the past couple of years, they feel like, okay, we kind of have to speak to this, you know? So we've kind of just got to throw something out there to, like I said earlier, check that box, you know, but you're continuing the message and making it an integral part of your identity as a brand, which I think is dope. I guess in terms of the apparel side, you know, was there something you mentioned selling shirts? So were t-shirts kind of your foray into designing your own clothes or was there something else that kind of got you and the team started? It was the band shirts. Well, the band shirts was because we used to go to the swap me a lot. So when you work in that environment, you start learning who does what and who has connects to what. And my mom knew this person who used to sell those shirts that have funny sayings, like the funny Mexican sayings. <laughs> so we talked to them and then they introduced us to the person who is now our screen printer. So we've been working with the screen printer that we have right now since I was maybe in middle school, high school, which oh, is wow. super cool. Yeah, because everything is still community based. It's local. And we already have that relationship with them that has years and years. But yeah, even when I was like in middle school or high school, I would always say that I didn't want to wear branded shirts. So I would just wear blank shirts all the time. And thankfully, it's worked for me in the way that now I 
I know exactly what I like on shirts. And I also know that if I want to wear a shirt, I understand the messaging and the importance of what it means to have the brand on it. Right. Yeah, all the clothes I wear, like if you see on my Instagram, most of them, most of the shirts on there are either mine or it's a button up shirt that we haven't made them yet. But it started because of that and because of the connect with the band shirt person who ended up being our full time screen printer. So you said you like met that the screen printer from the swap me like back when you were in middle school. Is that when the brand was like officially started or was it like some years later that you like launched it? It was years later. So the first time I met them, it was when I started selling the band shirts. So I would go to them and they would sell me the, sh- the shirts. And if I needed um, a specific band, I would just have to request it and they would send them to me. So like, mm, okay. yeah, because they used to only have like Metallica and the old school ones, but I was having the younger generation. So I needed the Pierce of L and Supreme with Siren shirts. <laughs> So that's when I started to learn a little bit more about what the process was like. Because back then I would just buy the shirt and that would be it. But then she started teaching me like, oh, you need to tell me what color the shirt's going to be on and so on. And then I started college. So this was 2017, I believe, when we launched our Instagram. I believe the first picture we have is from 2017. And then we didn't really have too much time spent on building the brand because we were both well I was in college when she started her job it was a little bit harder because I was going to college from like six in the morning till 10 at night I didn't have too much time to really think and make designs but then I started making them and we launched it maybe a year ago like not launched it but really put our effort in it right so like what were those first designs like because I think you know you and I connected last year, so I know, you know, within the past year, how much you've done with the brand, and you guys have made, like, tons of cool stuff, but when you were just starting out, like, was it kind of, like, simple pieces, or did you always have these, like, interesting graphics that had, like, messages to them? We started with, our first shirt was, we have Somos las Nietas de las Brujas que no pudices quemar, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. That one, the Resilient and the Frida Kahlo shirt. And the crazy thing about this is that I made all those designs using Word documents. Because, oh, wow. I, yeah, I don't know how to use Adobe or anything of that. And just until last year, I got the iPad. So when we met, I was still drawing on my phone, which is... I, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. Now that I think about it, I don't understand how I used to do it because now... I'm like, this This is impossible to do on the phone if I'm trying to go out. But I used to draw them. So when I used, I, we started doing our stickers about, yeah, about a year or two ago. And our first sticker was the Abolish Ice Baby sticker. And it was only because I saw an ad and it was like, make 10 stickers for a dollar. And I was like, oh, it's a dollar. Let me try it. And they sold out. And that's when we started seeing that it was really important to make stickers because they were not only are they the cheapest thing you could buy from a shop, but it's a great way to have it all over your laptop, your water bottle that really shows who you are as a person. So we launched those stickers and I started doing them when I was in school. So I used to go to Mount St. Mary's University and I would have to go from one campus to the other campus through the shuttle which was from like an hour to an hour and a half ride. 
And that's why I used to draw on the phone because I would just take that ride and do all the designs I thought about. And when I got home, I would try to see which ones were the best ones and make them into stickers. Wow. That's like really impressive. What were, like, what was even the program that you used on the phone to make those drawings? I think it was called Adobe Draw. I'm not sure if it's even available anymore, but it's Adobe Draw. And it's just, I got it for free. You don't need any experience. But I didn't even have a pen. I would draw it with my finger, too. That's crazy. Damn. That's amazing. Yeah. On the <laughs> yeah, bus. For real. You know, that's really just like the hunger for more, you know, and exactly. just wanting to get out there. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like something I tend to ask about a lot is, you know, what sort of medium are you working in? You know, what program, if it's a digital thing, are you working in? So would you say you work primarily on the iPad or are you doing stuff on like desktop, Photoshop? Uh, how do you usually sort of like mock up the designs that y'all use? Right now, I mostly on the iPad, just because now that I have it, I use it. But I want to start learning Photoshop and Illustrator because it's important to know how to use that. But I've never had the time to really learn it, which is the reason why I've always used the other ones, which was Adobe Draw, just because I didn't have the time to even put there to learn it. But yeah, it's always been mostly until now, my phone and the iPad. I mean, I know the, the iPad is at least, you know, it's got a larger screen than like a phone. So that might give you some more space to really draw things out. But yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the only reason why we got the iPad was because we we expanded to posters. So I needed more pixels. And because it was on my mm. phone, I never knew how big I was drawing. Right. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time to get an iPad and. As soon as we were able to save enough money to afford it, that was what we did. That's awesome. So, like, when you were doing these um, these doodles on the bus going in between, like, campuses and stuff, did you have, like, themes in mind that you were already thinking, like, okay, I want to make something based around this? Or was it kind of just, like, anything that came to mind you would draw on your phone and then that would turn into, like, you know, a piece of the brand? It depends on the design. I believe a lot of them are just jokes and memes that I would come up with when I was on Twitter because I, I tweet a lot. So our Twitter presence on Undocu Twitter is really big. And there used to be either arguments or fights with other people. And they would say something to us that at the time was meant to be hurtful, but we would turn it around and make it into a meme or a joke. And mm. a lot of people love that. So we would make a sticker out of that just to make it like a collectible item, if you would call it that. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of those like spinoffs, like you said, that you do, even with you calling back to like the like ice baby shirt, like the whole play on the ice ice baby thing. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Cause then we also have like stickers like the one that says, don't be a citizen, you're too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just because there's also this, talk that's always on undocu twitter about how hard it is to date while you're undocumented and how a lot of people always say oh if you're undocumented i'll marry you and give you papers and people think it's just that easy but it's like you know you have to be able to afford that by the way right yeah people get broken up with because they're undocumented so we try to make light out of that just because there's also not a brand that does that there's a lot of latino brands but even those brands are 
mostly focused on Frida Kahlo and conchas. And mm. while we love conchas and some people love Frida Kahlo, it's really not what or who we are as people. Yeah, and it's not like that's the only things that like you know represent that community. Yeah, and a lot of other undocu brands or just brands who talk about immigration, it's only related to saying abolish ICE or fuck ICE, but it's not really uplifting the community itself, but always talking about that political thing. And we're way more than that, and we also deserve to have shirts that empower us as people and that's our status right yeah like i know you have the um, the t-shirt design that says like i don't hug colonizers on it which is like <laughs> it's like a light-hearted thing but it's also like it's got like power in that message so i think it's cool that you decided as a brand that you kind of want to touch on all these issues but you want to do it in like a way that uplifts people and is kind of more like light-hearted so that people aren't so like maybe down about it when they think about those things because they are like you know things that can really upset people and really serious things so putting that like almost fun spin on it is like a nice way to approach it yeah and it's important because even like the i don't hug colonizer shirt that design came about because i was having a fight with a white man who was trying to tell me to go back to my country and for some reason, he decided to say that I needed a hug. And that's why I put, I don't hug colonizers. And it became fake. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let's make it a shirt. Let's make it a sticker. And we did. And it's also like the word illegal. A lot of people don't like the word illegal. And they're correct to not like it. But within the community, some of us decide to use that word to empower us because it's always used against us. And we made a sticker that says illegal vibes only. And it's kind of a play with good vibes only, but making it about us and our identity, but without having to shut somebody down for feeling what it is. Because the reality is we are seen as illegal. And as much as people want to say no human being is illegal on stolen land, which is true, but at the end of the day, we're still targeted. So it's good to have that out there, but we also have to be real about what our situation is and how we're treated but we also don't have to feel bad about it right yeah and I, I feel like that connects to a post you made on your page that was kind of like people talking about undocumented people in regards to what they're doing or what role they're serving you know doctors etc teachers etc you know, I feel like that's just something that's so distinctly American and something that, yeah, is kind of very sort of repulsive to me that it's like, yeah, we're not thinking about, no, like these people deserve rights because they're human. You know, it's like, okay, now that so-and-so is a doctor or a teacher or whatever, you know, we're positioning in that way. And I thought that was a really great point that y'all made. You know, it's like, no, it's like we're all human and we all deserve rights regardless of who we are, not just because of whatever value we're providing to the society or to this, you know, sort of American economy or something like that. And I just I really feel for you because like for that guy to say, you need a hug right now, I'm just like, buddy, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you you are out of touch, you know. 
That's my take, at least. No, and it's correct. It's not just out of touch, but there's also a lot of talk within other communities that are supposed to be in support of us, but are mostly backhanded compliments, such as saying, oh, but they pay taxes, they pay more taxes than Trump. And it's like, even if we don't pay more taxes than Trump, that doesn't make us any less worthy of humanity. Right. And it's like, even that, like, who is going to sit there and be like, oh, they pay more taxes than Trump. Awesome. Let's just ignore <laughs> the fact that Trump is paying zero, you know, and taxes are like a couple hundred bucks, you know. I feel like, yeah, a lot of the sort of politics and people of this country are just so warped, you know, and they're just sort of made to believe like this is the way things are. And anybody who's worthy of respect is somebody that, you know, is working hard and paying taxes and whatever. And it's like, I feel like that's kind of getting away from, you know, what America was supposed to be in the origin, you know, even though that was never really the case from the jump. It was all just upholding sort of the white British elite. Right. As however we want to sort of dress up the founding fathers period, you know, in history class and stuff. You know, the truth is that it really has not been balanced ever from the creation of this country. And so much of the country was built on just genocide of indigenous people. It's all highly individualistic. Because even when you're saying those sayings, most of these sayings are not said because they want to be supportive, but because you want to seem like you're on the right side of whatever political view you're supposed to be on. That's a great point. Yeah. And and it kind of connects to what we were sort of first talking about, like donating money to charitable organizations for the DACA fund and stuff like that. You know, I feel like the major majority of these Brands in America, you know, regardless of how they feel, regardless of how they think, they're going to sort of put up the Instagram posts and they're going to put up the sort of 5% of every sale goes to this charity for, you know, 15 minutes on this day. Yeah, like and pander into the cause. Exactly. Yeah. And just kind of like you said, you know, it's performative in a way, you know, it, it definitely is. Yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, changing your their logo for the LGBT and then right. changing it as soon as June is over. Literally, yeah, the minute the clock hits, you know, <laughs> 12 a.m. on July 1st. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. Yeah. And it's just like I feel like within the corporate structure, like what sort of activism can really be born from that, you know? Yeah, at that point, I also feel like you can't really be even us as a brand sometimes it's hard to really step back and think hey you know at this point you have to not be able to make this like sometimes we're asked to make certain items and like the other day we were asked to make some booty shorts and i was like at that point you're you're not really putting things on shirts or anywhere with this message to enforce the message but just to almost sexualize it and yeah, that's like trendy yeah and at that point you're not really being an activist or really supporting what you're saying you're just wearing it for for the picture or to seem like you're cool because you believe this but it's not i don't know it's distasteful to me to have stuff like that 
No, I think you're right. And I think that's like an, an important distinction where like the fact that you're deciding to not do things like that clearly shows like where your like thoughts and ideas about, you know, all these things are as opposed to like other people that might think, oh, yeah, like, let's take that like, you know, like illegal vibes only slogan, like you said, and just like throw it on everything, like any type of apparel because people really like it. Like you're choosing to selectively put certain messages on certain pieces of clothing because you think that, you know, in that way it'll speak to somebody as opposed to just like making a profit out of it. Yeah, and it's super easy to fall into the capitalistic idea that, well, that's going to sell, obviously. It's a booty shorts with a polished ice on it. Right. But at what point are you also contributing to that problem and furthering that problem? Because if you're, like for us, our goal is to spread awareness and to create the safe space. Because even now I see other people say the same things that we do, which you're going to hear it all over the place. But the difference is that some people say it to create fights and not actually help other people who want to be understanding. It's tough to be educated toward like educating everybody all the time. But I think that for us as a brand, when this is our message to want to spread awareness, you also have to take an accountability at trying your best to educate people when they really do want that education instead of turning them away because they don't know already. Because the reality is you won't know everything and some people start learning things later than us. And thankfully we are always learning and that like we always say, we're constantly unlearning at the same time. Right. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, constantly unlearning. You know, Gabe and I were very lucky to grow up in a very, very sort of diverse progressive town in a county where there weren't many of them to be honest 15 minutes away from where we grew up you know it would be almost completely white you know school completely white town but thankfully i guess perhaps through the proximity of the city you know there were people from many different backgrounds and i think that sort of informed you know how we were taught in the public schools and we both had a lot of you know great teachers that kind of weren't going to just give us the basic you know american rote sort of curriculum and i think yeah like constantly learning and constantly unlearning is something that all of us need to do you know to really be sort of yeah you know worldly people and people who are aware of you know, circumstances outside our own. And just going back to what you said about putting a slogan on the booty shorts, you know, it's like, like that kind of ties into what you were saying earlier about, you know, not wanting to wear a brand, you know, because it's like, sometimes some of these slogans feel like a brand, or or rather not the slogan itself, but the way people are sort of co-opting them and sort of displaying them like some badge, you know, like, hey, my hands are clean, you know, I'm wearing these booty shorts with this slogan on the back of them. And I feel like that's something that also needs to be moved past. Like, people are just sort of content to just show that, I don't know, maybe this is too harsh, but it just seems kind of shallow. It's like show that shallow support, you know, with an Instagram post or with a piece of apparel or something like that, and then not sort of continue on their path to learning and unlearning 
things that, that they should. Yeah, a lot of these brands also don't want to do the work or it's not that they don't want to do the work, but like Chick-fil-A, you see that they don't care. They see that they could still be homophobic and still make that money, whereas other brands are not as bold with their statements, but decide to play almost both cards and have their very conservative ideals, but still take that money from other people who they otherwise would be against but yeah it's a lot of that is what we want our brand to be about is not just a brand but a community and we really pride ourselves in the community that we've been able to build because there's a lot of people who are just really about products but we like to be able to talk to our consumers we like to be able to know who they are so when people buy from us we talk to each other almost like pen pals or they just email us or message us about whatever they want and we're able to help them and become closer and actually know who we are as people so a lot of people don't even know us as just as it does apparel they know us by our name because they talk to us that's something that I really love about our brand like we also just follow everyone or we at least try to follow everybody so that we are easily attainable like we don't like people like you know when you follow a brand and they have like zero followers so like just five and that also speaks to how you are as a brand like are you really a community or are you just trying to make money out of that community one thing that i love that you like started recently doing with the brand is the like the tiktok videos where you talk about like the order that you're packaging for like one specific person and like what they put together and you kind of just like you're tying back to that community like you said and like showing like each individual that's a part of it and like showing them like support and love and I think that's something like refreshing that you don't really see other brands doing. Yeah and it's super cool too because we have like a lot of order notes where people tell us a lot about what they're doing. We really recently had somebody who is doing their LSAT and The good thing about that was that I used to be on that route too. So I was like, oh, you know, I could send you all these resources that I have because I used to want to do that. So I I have them ready to go. And even then, like when I was on that route, I had other customers trying to help me out as well. So it's even cool to have the opportunity because we get to talk to them. We get to know a little bit about them. There's this TikTok that we did once where somebody was like, oh, I feel like you're always posting a video about the new products when I'm about to get paid. And we're able to (laughs) that. And I made a whole TikTok about how I had a calendar that showed that they were about to get paid. So I had to make that specific TikTok. And it's cool to be able to play like that with them. Yeah, I think that's great. Especially, like you said, if you can even bring in like your customers, your community, like into the the content that you're making around it like that playful video like that i think it probably means a lot to the people that you know support the brand yeah even like i believe it was last year we went around all la and we sent people flowers so there was a street vendor who was a kid selling i think it was in boyle heights and we decided to just drive over there and buy a bunch of flowers And even people who weren't even in L.A. were like, hey, you know, I don't live here. But since I have a friend who lives over there or if they didn't have anybody, they would just donate money for us to go buy flowers. And we would we'd spent the entire weekend going over customers 
grandparents' houses, mom's houses, boyfriend's houses, giving them flowers. And it was super cool because some of these people like sent us to their grandma and we would meet their grandma and it was kind of cool for us to do that. Yeah, that's like being literally like one-on-one direct with the, the community that is supporting you and that like you're supporting back. So that's awesome. Would you guys ever think about like maybe doing some sort of public community event like tied to the brand because i feel like just the way that you share all this awareness and messages and like the community aspect that you have in it like i really think like doing some type of event with like people and you know in real life would be awesome yeah we wanted to do a pop-up but it's just super hard to do all this with covid around but we right. wanted a pop-up where we invited street vendors to come and sell food while we also invited other small shops because we're super close to a lot of other small shops around LA but we haven't been able to do that just because of COVID and especially now that we have Delta we're not yeah. sure if that's gonna go away anytime soon yeah no definitely but yeah definitely when when things get back to normal I think that'd be a really cool thing yeah especially when you're right. here for sure. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, yeah, we need to do the part two with the live episode. Right, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think something that would be super dope would be to be like a brick and mortar, you know, obviously it's a tall, tall ask here in LA, you know, rent prices are crazy. But is that something you've ever thought about? Potentially expanding from the online operation to a physical store? we talked about it I'm more on the fence about it just because I feel like it would require more work and time because since I'm the one who does it fully fully on the shop I have to do all the new designs because you have to keep making new things and I don't think it would be a good idea yet but that's why I'm more into doing pop-ups where maybe we do a monthly pop-up and just put a shop for a week out there yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, and you can even gauge from those like pop-ups, like if the response is, you know, really crazy that maybe, you know, down the line, whether it's years or whatever, you could eventually open a space that like caters to, you know, the actual physical local community, but also like maintain the online as well. So you're not like cutting out all those people like across the country and world that support you guys. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to have that just maybe down the line. Totally. I feel like the pop-up is kind of the way a lot of people are moving these days. You know, something I've heard about with a lot of like chefs and restaurant concepts is this sort of, I'm losing the term right now, but it's kind of like a a ghost kitchen, I think it might be, where it's basically like they're all in like a shared collaborative kitchen space fully delivery pickup no seating where like you know when covid hit they all sort of pivoted and put their heads together and all sort of set up these kitchens where you know they're operating a full restaurant but there's no sort of physical location and i feel like yeah with the reality like you said you know with the delta variant potentially posing more problems potentially another lockdown i think that that's definitely a move that looks better and better by the month you know yeah it's also what works a lot with online businesses is that you don't have to 
have a location and have all these employees at the same time because that would also cost money right so like what's the plan going forward with the brand i know before we hopped on the call you said you were pretty much doing it full time now do you have any big things in the works or is it kind of just you know working on more pieces and launching those just every once in a while when you can or what's what's the plan we have a bunch of new pieces coming we're just waiting on the screen printer but other than that we've been working on our lipstick line for about a year so hopefully that comes out soon as well that's pretty cool yeah it's that's amazing we started it right before covid started and it was super exciting the only thing is that covid has stopped a lot like even when we did the collab with goods perdido one of the things that floated down was that the place that we do the stickers closed down so a lot of the things that we were working during covid are probably going to come out soon because a lot of people are finally getting all their items together or they're allowing more people to go into the factories right yeah i feel like almost every brand kind of had like a lot of their collections and stuff pushed back because of covid that's crazy though that you're doing like you know branching into lipstick now too i feel like you guys touch on so many different aspects of, a, of an apparel brand whether it be t-shirts stickers now lipstick like is there like a plan to kind of just turn it into like a whole lifestyle thing like maybe you'd even go into like home decor type of things or (laughs) maybe my dad works in upholstery so we could do some pillows and stuff like that too maybe yeah that'd be cool that'd be amazing yeah full full home design brand right (laughs) that would be really cool yeah so thank you so much for you know coming on the show and talking with us and giving us a whole look into like how things got started and all the powerful things that you you're working on with the brand so yeah i think like brian mentioned before we got on the call pretty much the way we usually you know wrap up things is asking you if there's anybody in your community any other like creative maybe brand or whatever that you would want to spotlight and give a shout out to yes so i would like to give a shout out to Querencia, they are an undocumented owned brand too, and they do candles and necklaces as well as rings. And there's other one called Frijolis, and they make amazing art. I love their posters. They do stickers too, and they're also undocumented owned. That's awesome. We'll definitely have to check both of those out. Yeah, how they're you, great. <laughs> how do you, what was the first one you said? Querencia? Querencia. It's Q U H E R. E-N-C-I-A. Okay. And they're both those brands, I assume, have, like, those Instagram pages like you guys? Yes. All right, great. But, yeah, thank, like, thank you again, like we were saying, just for coming on here and talking with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. For- Seconded. Yeah. So this has been another great episode of Your Neighbor Is, Brian. It sure has been. Yeah. Thank you again for hopping on. It's been a great discussion. And yeah, it's good to get back in the swing of things. Yes, it is. Oh, and make sure to go follow Adelita's Apparel on IG. Yes, do that right now. We should spell that out for the people because 
we got a lot of gringos in the audience, I'm assuming. I know, we need to change that. <laughs> so that would be spelled A-D-E-L-I-T-A-S and then apparel. And make sure you guys go follow that page and check out the brand and all the awesome products that they're making. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, to everybody listening at home, I hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying healthy. Thank you for listening and supporting the pod as always. Thank you to our sound guy, Joe, for being rock solid behind the board. And uh, signing off, uh, another great episode. I'm Brian. I'm Gabe. And this has been Your Neighbor Is. Deuces. Mm, Deuces.